Hello, New Haven, and welcome back to Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven. It's a sister city to the New Haven Independent, and this is a show produced in collaboration with the Arts Council of Greater New Haven. I am very excited today, one, to be listening to the dulcet tones of Tabisa, who always plays us in at any time. So, Tabisa, you're out there. Thank you so much. Um, but two, to be with this beautiful constellation of humans today with representatives from the New Haven Free Public Library, which I, I will say is my love language. Like the rest of y'all are great and we'll get to that, but um, but the, the library just has my whole heart. Um, also the New Haven Museum and Witch Bitch Thrift. And if you're thinking, why is this amazing constellation of humans here? It is because of the man who is to my left on the Zoom screen. I don't know where he's at for y'all. Um, Gorman Bashard, who is the founder, president, uh, renaissance man of many talents behind the New Haven Documentary Film Festival, or as you may know it, if you're familiar with it, NH Docs. And so today we're going to be talking about the film festival, which is coming up like a freight train, starting with the documentary Black Barbie at the New Haven Museum on October 12th. Um, and let's just get right into it. So Gorman, you know, we have a, a pretty general listenership, and I would guess that some folks who are listening to us right now and, and who will listen to this episode know NH Docs, you know, maybe they've been to like every single screening, but some might be coming to it for the first time. And so I'm wondering if, if you can give a little explanation of what it is and why you love it so much. Well, I think one of the things that NHDOX does is it brings filmmakers together. Uh, but even more so than that, we are offering to the public films that you really can't see anywhere else. And out of the 100 films we've got this year, uh, about a third of them, the filmmakers will be there. So, I mean, you get a chance to actually interact with the people who are making the films. Um, you know, and like I said, these are things that you're probably not going to see on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And also, they're not on, on to me. I look at stuff that's on Netflix and it's like they usually take a 90 minute documentary and somehow stretch it into six hours and it becomes as boring as crap, uh, where these are well-made films by in, usually independent filmmakers uh, who really have a story to tell and who are passionate about their story. Plus, about half of our screenings, thanks to the library, are pay what you can. So essentially free, um, you know, and, and we keep our ticket costs down with the exception of the two live performances and opening night, everything is $12 or under. That is so wonderful. And I, I also, you know, for folks who maybe don't know you, can you talk about the magic of documentaries? I know this could be like a four hour episode, but you're just talking <laughs> about it or like a one man show, but, but having heard you wax poetic on documentaries before, I can't pass up that opportunity. Well, I think documentaries are telling first off a real story and and on where you don't have to deal with with actors and scripts and so forth the, the joy especially from a filmmaker i think uh of making a documentary is you're going in and you don't know really what your story is you have a vague idea but you can interview somebody and they can say something that you just did not expect and it changes everything i'm working on the powder ridge documentary right now about this music festival that never happened but did 
1970 in at Powder Ridge Ski Resort in Connecticut. And we have interviewed now 75 people. And I swear every other person, it's like peeling back the layer of the onion. And I'm finding, I'm not finding more onion, I'm finding bags of onions. You know, and and I think that that's what sort of makes documentary filmmaking great. And it's just it's you're learning the story as you're going along. And usually I think people who make documentaries are pretty much passionate about their stories. I, I only do. I've done six bands that for the most part, people don't care about. But I do. And I think that that's what most I think what that's what most of the independent filmmakers you're making a movie. I don't think you go into it thinking I'm going to get rich from this. You go into it telling thinking I really just want to tell this story. I'm wondering if we can bring in Jason Bischoff Burstall from the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. And we'll be doing a little bit of jumping around to everyone. Um, and, and Jason, I'm wondering if you can, because the New Haven Museum has been like a fairly long time partner, if I'm correct, for NH Docs. Is that? Um, kind maybe? of a newer partner. We've been wanting to do this. Okay, maybe maybe it's the wanting. I feel yeah. like at some point you and I had a conversation about documentaries and how much we love them. Um, and I may also be thinking of Family Movie Day, which is something that used to live at yes. the New Haven Museum. I really wish it still lived at the New Haven Museum because it occupies a, a really special place in my heart and I think is tied to NH Docs. And so I'm wondering if, if you can talk about, you know, bringing NH Docs to the New Haven Museum, the importance of that, and of course, like, night one, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an honor to be hosting the opening night. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, that's this has been a discussion Gorman and I have had for probably going on four years now. Um, before COVID. Yeah, yeah. So we, Gorman and I, um, really first worked uh, together on the factory um, exhibit that's on display here. He's making the factory documentary. So, you know, through through that, um, and Gorman fell in love with the museum, the spots, the, you know, the, the, our, our location, and has that, shares, shares that desire with me to open us up to uh, new audiences, and, and um, so, you know, both of, uh, basically both of our current missions are, you know, symbiotic in a great way, in a great, uh, and hopefully this will work out really nicely, um, you know, in both that people can come enjoy the space, enjoy the film, and um, be introduced, chances are, chances are introduced physically to the museum. Um, and for people that have come to the museum, here's a whole different kind of different programming than what we've offered in the past. So again, there's got that nice swirl of, uh, of, uh, of good times. I love that. And I'm wondering if the, if the two of you uh, could talk a little bit about the opening night film. So Black Barbie which is, uh, and I am, uh, this is not me being off the cuff. This is me reading from a very helpful uh, release that Gorman sent. So thank you. Um, is an insight into how the first Black Barbie came to be. I'm not going to give too much away. Um, but it this was so interesting to me, just even reading about it, that um, that someone suggested the, a Black Barbie during their stint at Mattel, during 45 years during which they worked at Mattel. Um, I think, you know, now you can walk through like Target or Walmart or Amazon or any of those other chain businesses that you shouldn't uh, support 
but maybe do if you, especially if you have small children or nieces and nephews and see like this whole diversity of Barbies, but that wasn't always the case. And I remember even when I was growing up, that wasn't the case. And so I'm wondering, um, you know, Gorman or Jason, feel free to hop in how y'all chose this film because it sounds like really exciting and also not for nothing. Barbie is having a moment. Yes, <laughs> that, that that's a big that's a big part of it. But also I, we get in hundreds and hundreds of films. This was from the day we got it in one of our highest rated films. We also knew that it would play really well. We feel that the message it's it's bringing in a message of diversity without showing violence and it's and you know it's doing it in a much lighter way which is you know sometimes it's is a good way to get to people uh versus you know in what we see on the news all the time so it's 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 well made uh the uh co-directors coming uh to do a q a babs is moderating the q a and if you've ever seen a q a with babs I've been doing this for 20, on the Q&A circuit for 20 years. She blows me away with the questions she asks. She's amazing. So that it should be just a great night. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Ivy, you don't know what you're going to get. And it it may go off the rails, y'all, but in the most beautiful <laughs> way. Yes. Um, Theo, I want to jump to you because Witch Bitch Thrift has been um, a brick and, you know, a, a business for a while, but a physical brick and mortar storefront on Whitney Avenue for only about a year and yeah, opened uh, open in January. Oh, you opened in January. I, I think the soft opening is in my, like lodged in my brain, which was Halloween. I want to say it was, it was like a pop-up around Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, and then in June, you opened this beautiful, amazing new black box space. I love queer spaces. I love sober spaces. And so I'm really excited about it. And y'all jumped right into NH Docs. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about the decision to partner and then some of the very cool films that are coming, um, titles like At Your Cervix might catch your eye or Girl Gang or 1946, the mistranslation that shifted culture. Um, you know, so for you, why was it important to bring uh, documentaries into the space and, and collaborate with this community organization? Um, so Gorman actually came to the shop and like approached us about partnering. Um, I'm the event coordinator there. And so like I met with him um, and I was just very excited from the jump. I think documentaries are great. I think like making interesting and educational things easily accessible is really, really exciting. Um, and I like to keep things pretty accessibility focused in terms of like events at the space, like keeping so like sober spaces, like queer friendly spaces, safe spaces, stuff like that. Um, so I was just very excited. And um, so I immediately talked to the owners and was like, okay, so we need to like, we need to figure this out because this is going to be great. And October is huge for us. Um, we have a lot going on over here. And I was like, we need to figure out where this can fit in. Yeah, and, and uh, the thing was, uh, one of the things I did uh, promise you was that we would bring you films that were appropriate for the space, and I, I pretty I think we did a pretty good job. I'm really happy, especially on the other one you mentioned, uh, Chasing Chasing Amy, which is a, another yes. film that's coming there, um, and that also the director will be there as well. Yeah, yeah I can so, be happier. Theo, I'd love to hear from you, you know, like as someone who thinks about this space a lot, 
what are some of the films that you are like you're really jazzed about going into this right um okay so i'm actually very excited about all of them i really like i have the list right in front of me right now um i am really excited about um chasing chasing amy but the where is it hold on um i'm very excited about um merman which is about the the black queer man um who was an emergency nurse i'm excited about at your cervix um just uh and kylie seems really interesting the which is about the black ballerina yeah um uh, so tom i want to hop to you and also talk about the public library which has been so gorman the the nhfpl has been a partner for as long as i can remember nh docs like being on my radar i think from year three on i believe yeah yeah so it's your so we're in year 10 yeah so yeah so so let's talk about that and also um you know i would i would love to know from you first gorman like libraries i think in many ways are the heart of a community and so why was it important from the jump to partner with the New Haven Free Public Library? Which, like, yeah, we'll have a whole other episode just with Maria Bernay where we'll drag her on and, and talk about all of the amazing stuff that the library does, including film screenings, which, you know, as you pointed out off mic, um, this festival begins on the same night that the Criterion Cinema closes downtown. And so it is becoming increasingly difficult to find a place in the community for film screenings if you don't want to watch Netflix on your tiny computer at home? Well, well I think it, that's very much it. Plus, the, I mean, the library, first off, has the beautiful program room, which, you know, has a separate yes. entrance on, on, uh, uh, on, on, on around the corner from Elm. And it, the, the big thing about the library is one of the things, I mean, we just became a not-for-profit this year after just basically living under the umbrella of my film company for for nine years and um but and one of the things we really one of the reasons we did it is we really want to be able to hopefully going into next year raise enough money so that every performance is for every screening is free and but the library at least gives us the opportunity for half of our screenings to be pay what you can um, you know, and and it likewise for the the student panels and the entire student uh, uh, film competition. So it, it it because it is the New Haven Free Public Library. I mean, we sort of go under that banner. I mean, and thankfully though, we have supporters who will say we love what you do. We're still going to pay fifteen bucks for a ticket, even though it's it, you. We could have just put it in zero. Um, so the library does allow us to do that. Plus, there's there are extra rooms in the library. There's also the performing arts room, which is where we're having the uh, the, the workshops and the panels uh, on the 14th. So, and 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 Tom and Seth and everyone else at the library have just been amazing partners all the way through this. They've always been excited. Tom and I and Catherine Kabalchek, my co-director, all went to a, the library conference in um, where was it? Mystic. Tom? Mystic. Mystic. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, I walked out of there, and I've I've already had now I think a half a dozen pizza love story screenings because of that, which is kind of fun. Yes, Lucy, we've had um, an excellent partnership with NH Docs for eight years now, and um, 
it's important to, to note that the library is an educational institution and offering educational opportunities is a primary mission of the library. Um, now that the Bowtie Cinema is closing, as Gorman alluded to, the library remains one of the few places in New Haven which can offer a wide variety of films on a consistent basis. We try to do monthly film programming. So it's all part of the educational experience in relation to documentary films and the passion that goes with documentary, documentary films uh, that we are trying to offer. And um, I want to make a note of the fact that this year we're focusing on seniors. We call it the mature adult audience, but we're going to have two days where the programming is oriented to, to seniors and we will have buses coming in from all the senior centers in New Haven on Tuesday, October 17th. And on Thursday, October 19th, we're opening it up to all the other mature adults and seniors, not just in New Haven, but in the area who want to come at 12 noon and have a coffee hour and enjoy an afternoon of films. The seniors have told me in the past that they just love coming to the library for films because it gets them away from apple picking, which is what the senior centers usually do in October. Um, so again, we're an educational institution and we love to take part in the October 14th filmmaking panels, which are going to be here at the library on that Saturday, which let me say a little bit about those. They cover careers in, in film and filmmaking focusing on students who are seeking careers in filmmaking, including Connecticut students especially, and also panels on film editing, film distribution, and anything I left out, Gorman, on the, the film panels. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, our, our, the actual titles, Independent Filmmaking 101, The Fine Art of Distribution, Editing for Film and Commercials, and Working in Film and TV are the four panels. A great educational experience for anybody who attends. I will say, I feel like our our public library, Gorman, I don't know if you feel this way, has like maybe more of a punk rock sensibility than the other public libraries. And I'm just really proud of our New Haven Free Public Library. Definitely. I was just at the I was just at the Darien Library. And uh, while it was beautiful, it definitely does not have a punk rock feel. <laughs> punk rock is welcome here. Yeah. Well, I mean, librarians are also like the yeah, they're just the sort of the OG like radicals but um but anyway I, I want to ask each of you also like what was your relationship with documentaries with watching documentaries maybe you've made a documentary G Gorman I know you've made several documentaries <laughs> um but also like your your relationship with documentary filmmaking going into this for each of you you know did it have uh, a special place did it occupy a, a place in your heart and when you like when you first came to NH Docs, did that sort of spark something? And just anyone jump in. Uh, if you want me to, I, I, so I was, I had made my third documentary when we started NH Docs. Um, and the funny thing was, you've heard this story, Lucy, many times. So is you, Tom. Um, there were four filmmakers from New Haven, and we meet for the first time in Missoula, Montana. Uh, at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival because filmmakers weren't talking to each other. 
around here. So um, we we came back. Uh, Charlie, who was from Yale, basically said, "Hey, I got a I got a room." Uh, Catherine was back then was the or still is the administrative assistant of the film department. Uh, Tony, my projectionist, was the projectionist there. So three of us are still there. Um, and the film that I actually showed was my film on um, uh, one of the first openly gay punk rockers, Grant Hart of the band Husker Du, which is we're going to actually be showing it, which bitch on the Sunday more uh, Sunday at one uh, as 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 a 10th anniversary of uh, showing one of the films from the first from the first festival. Um, and it it really was i mean i i was in love with the, the the form at that point and for us it sort of became let's keep showing it let's expand this and let's see if we can get filmmakers to actually meet and talk to one another jason i'm curious for you you know you're you're someone who i think loves like you love physical objects and especially yeah. like like photography and film right and so have documentaries occupied a special place in your heart yeah i mean i'd say you know if i stopped to think about it probably always i mean going back to um at least high school you know um and probably before that um you know especially in this field that i've found myself um in um being a local historian well that kind of you know works very well with documentaries um so yeah you know i mean it's always been something i really enjoyed and again not just history documentaries but you know i tend to tend to enjoy those as well um so yeah it's you know so it's kind of just a nice great fit um for me personally and um you know overall too with were my perspective also on 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 uh, getting history out to people you know because as you mentioned you know physical objects what have you but i'm um you know firmly in the camp of you know visuals and visuals you know uh visuals in an exhibit are great and it's a whole different format but also just taking it taking the stories to the people and getting the people's stories back and um documentaries are really that at a core you know i mean it's it's you know at times it's just recordings of conversations you know um and it's wonderful you know it's it's it's, it's fantastic and when it's done well you know it it, it gives you all of that it gives you the history gives you it's pulling the heartstrings it's you know stimulating it's the whole thing so um yeah no it's always been it's always been i've always enjoyed it quite a bit and it's a real honor to be part of this right now and, and hopefully more of it moving forward and um you know again to have worked with gorman i remember seeing uh yeah, like the grand heart film i love that you know and the and uh, gorman's replacements film you know i love those um they're they, you know they're great Along with other films as well that I really always enjoy, so it's just you know it's it's always a great great time once we manage to get get together and do something. Yeah, Theo, I saw you nodding, so I'm gonna hop to you. You're muted, my dear. Hi. Um, I feel like I have always had like a really interesting, just like childhood love of documentaries it was definitely something that I 
I looked at a lot when I was younger. I always watched a lot of documentaries about Mount Everest for some reason. That was always the go-to. Um, and, like, that's something that, like, I will still throw something on just, like, for that, like, nostalgia and, like, just education and, like, I am learning something in the background while also, like, like, beautiful visuals, like, really interesting conversation, like, things like that. And um, I, there was, like, a brief, very, very brief period of my time where I wanted to go become someone who created documentaries until I realized filmmaking was not for me. Um, uh, so it's, like, just always had, like, a really special place in my heart. And so I'm very, like, excited and honored to be able to be part of this project. It's just very exciting. I will say you're also probably the youngest person on this call, I'm guessing. So um, I'm guessing by several years. So I would say, like, if you decide after this festival, if you're like, you know what, filmmaking is for me. I, I don't know. I feel like we all have a lot of life left in us and probably many careers to come and many artistic careers to come. So I'm I'm just going to manifest that and, like, leave it out there. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay um, with it. But you never know what the future holds. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Tom, for you, did you grow up watching documentaries? Have you always loved documentaries? Or was it something that you really hopped into when NH Docs came knocking at uh, the library's door? No, I did grow up watching documentaries. And I had the fun experience of uh, making a documentary in Florida while I was in graduate school as part of a media and TV production class. So I did have that experience of going to Florida to make a documentary. And also, um, I've been on national juries evaluating films for the purpose of building video and DVD collections in libraries. So I worked on building the video and DVD collection in the library in Waterbury, Connecticut. And then after I moved to here, I worked on a little bit on the DVD collection in New Haven. So film has always been a part of what I do. Yeah, that's amazing. Also, shout out to you, because when I moved here, I didn't have Wi-Fi, and I would go to the library and get a bunch of DVDs and come home, and that's how I entertained myself. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So, I'm... well, and, and then I became a reporter for digital publications and realized mm -hmm. I needed Wi-Fi, but um, <laughs> so it was a short-lived and joyful period of my life. Um, so I, I want to talk about NH Docs itself, because it is sort of the sprawling um, schedule. And I think for some folks, they might just get really thrilled and excited when they look at it. I get super intimidated when I look at it because I think, oh, my gosh, there's so much to do. And I can't physically as one person make it to everything. Although some people do. I will say, Gorman, I like I feel like there are NH Docs diehards who like maybe they have two bodies and they're sometimes they're at like multiple screenings at one time. Um, so after Black Barbie, which premieres at 6 p.m. on the 12th at the New Haven Museum, the the big, big thing to have on your radar if you're going to NH Docs, and you should be, um, is this year's student conference and award ceremony at the New Haven Free Public Library on October 14th at 10 a.m. And then there's a full day of, oh, and I'm going to sneeze at some point. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, y'all. Community radio. 
Um, <laughs> there's a full day of filmmaking panels and workshops on subjects such as, and Gorman mentioned this, but distribution, editing, finding a job after you've received your filmmaking degree. Um, and, and I want to talk about that a little bit more, Gorman, but, and then at six. Uh, so you can stay the whole day. There are some great restaurants around the library. So if you get hungry, I don't know, like spend, spend some dollars at uh, some restaurants downtown. They probably need the economic support. <laughs> and at 6 p.m., uh, y'all will be screening the best of the best short film masterpieces from over a dozen students competing for prizes in this competition. And I will say I have a really, as someone who covers schools and New Haven Public School students especially, I have a very soft spot for for young people. Uh, and I think like they're going through it right now. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a time when like young people are not going through it. But um, but I also want to say this year you received an unprecedented number of submissions. That's my understanding. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell me about that, because this youth arm has really grown in popularity. Yeah, it's um, I mean, every year the, the, the student, there's always a couple of student films that really surprise me uh, that that they're I mean, we have two our two lead jurors uh, rate everything together. They don't take into account that it's a student film. And when you see the student film having as high a rating as something like a black barbie or a chasing chasing amy um that's that's pretty surprising i think um you know you know and so we we really have an amazing collection this year and we also have a side a little side hustle going on with connecticut vegan where we not only do we have three we have three awards best college best high school middle school and best vegan um related short but that also includes anything to do with the environment kindness basically the the vegan compassion fest sort of lifestyle to 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 take tabitha's uh title of her compassion fest since she is the one who always does a screening with us and she's doing it on sunday this year with uh, at at the canon i also want to ask about these workshops and panels on distribution on editing and especially finding a job because i think um, I, I think two things. Some folks think of filmmaking and they only think of being maybe like a writer or in front of the camera. So like a writer or an actor and for better or for worse, I think the recent news attention on the strikes, which has been like really good coverage, um, but has has really focused on writers and actors because those are the folks who are at the picket lines and, and making the most noise. But there is a whole uh, sort of spectrum of jobs that you can hold in the filmmaking industry. Um, and then also finding a job after getting a filmmaking degree. I'm wondering if you can talk about that. I'm sure that some parents maybe read that sentence and have a little flutter of anxiety, but it's okay. I went into the arts and I was fine, y'all. So well, everyone's going to be okay. I mean, a perfect example, uh, a gal named Abby Richards came to me from Southern uh back in december and she's been working with me on the powder ridge sort of as, a, as an associate producer to help she basically helps set up the interview she reaches out to the people who've written to us and said hey i was there i had a story and and she also she's also been coming on the shoots and doing sound so 
once she graduated, she said she wanted to send out some resumes, and she did. I wrote her a letter of recommendation, um, and I reached out to a couple of people I know in local news. She, her dream was to work live broadcast news uh, from the studio, and quite honestly, within two weeks of her sending out a resume, she got a job at FSB up in Hartford. So, yeah, so it's it's... It, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely ways to get jobs. Another gal who's now been with me for, my God, going on four years, started in January of twenty um, of 2020, was at uh, Western Connecticut State. And she was a, she inter, uh, interned for me for that semester for credit of, as, uh, as an editor and worked for me all summer and went back for her final year, kept working for me part-time. The minute she graduated, she basically started working for me full-time. And she's been one of my uh, lead editors since. So, and there are tons. I mean, I, another person who actually was working with Tom at the library who graduated film school, Kristen, uh, went to work for WWE. So there are a lot of different places in town to get jobs. Uh, a gal that I'm working with right now, Faith Merrick, uh, works for commercial companies uh, uh, in New York, but also, you know, is is also wants to be involved with in, in independent you know, docu feature documentaries as well. So let's also talk about that goal of getting filmmakers, film producers, and I would also say um, film consumers, documentary film consumers talking to each other. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like um, on the one hand, the New Haven art scene is kind of like exploding in certain places. I don't think this is a secret to anyone. And then also because of the presence of things like social media, folks are increasingly siloed. And then there is this emergence of really cool grassroots spaces. So the, the public library, like public libraries have always been like the original grassroots space. Um, you know, I often say this, and I think it's true that libraries would be illegal if they were proposed as a, or they just wouldn't get funding if they were proposed as an idea now because it is so radically democratic, like Big D. Um, but also grassroots spaces like Volume 2, um, which is Never Ending Books Collective, like the Black Box at Witch Bitch. Um, you know, there's been stuff at the New Haven Museum, Jason, that I've thought, oh, I wasn't seeing that five years ago. And this is really the museum engaging with the community. So how how do we get those folks to talk to each other and, and to engage? And anyone, feel free to jump in. I, I think a big way is, and one of the things I sort of, I mean, yes, okay, the criterion closed. It, it, at first, it was just like, what are we going to do? But one of the things that we're seeing this year is, I think by going into the community and finding these wonderful spaces that do exist, we're sort of opening up the documentary world. We're opening up uh, filmmaking to people that it might not have known, you know, NH Docs even existed. You know, I mean, which bitch uh, is they I, I wish I could steal their media person, their their marketing person, because you guys are just amazing, you know, with your social media. So. <laughs> yeah, that shout out. My boss, Virginia, is um incredible at social media. Like, all does all the content creation herself. Like, involves everybody who works here. Like, it's so impressive the amount of work that she puts into it. Speaking of which, real quick, did you get everything you needed from me for for the social media stuff? You should have yeah. gotten it from Katie. Okay, yes. Yeah. 
good cool <laughs> always working this guy that's what community radio is for honestly yeah um it, it's like it's a little two weeks out so we're, we're getting close there's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you specifically because you are helming this black box space that is still very new it's like in some ways and i think this is a credit to you it feels like it's been there for much longer than a couple months because you're constantly doing stuff in it and I think because the community was so hungry for a space where they could, like, there isn't anywhere else. Uh, I shouldn't say that. There are very few spaces to, for instance, see drag performers or musicians or now documentaries where there isn't also, like, the presence of alcohol. Or maybe it's a space that is, like, friendly and feels pretty, like, left-leaning, but isn't a specifically, like, queer-affirming space. And so I think those are very important. And so for you, you know, how do you get folks just talking to each other organically? Um, it really is just um, a lot of cross communication. It's stuff like this where it's just like, like I, I do a lot of things around New Haven. I'm always bouncing around. And so I feel like I know a lot of people in the community already. And so if I, I don't know somebody, 10 to one, there is somebody who's going to be able to point me in the right direction. Um, and I, I think it's just like the power of communication really is just like, like, and just reaching out and asking for help and asking for advice and asking where should we go next? It's just like so powerful and so underappreciated. So many people don't feel like comfortable asking for that, um, and feel like, oh, I need to do all of this on my own and I need to find everything all by myself. And I still struggle with that all the time here and um virginia really sometimes has to set me straight and be like you can just ask there we can just ask the whole community and we can come together and find out where to go next and um i just really think that's like what starts bringing people together i think part of this is also knowledge and so i'm wondering if um if you or if anyone can hop in and, and just talk about you know, some of the films, I know, Theo, I asked you this before, um, a little bit that you're really excited about. So at your, I will say at your cervix, um, I'm pulling up the, the description, um, but it's the first documentary to expose the little known practice of non-consensual use of patients as practice dummies by the American medical education system. And this is something that I hadn't known about at all um, as someone who like has a cervix. Um, in, until pretty recently, there was an episode, I think of This American Life, about it, um, like maybe two or three years ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is something people really need to know about. So I'm so glad that this documentary, even though it's not like, it does not sound like the happiest documentary, um, if it, you know, if, if you think you will be triggered by this documentary, maybe it's not the one to go to. And there are lots of joyful documentaries on the lineup that I would recommend. Um, but also, I'm wondering if Theo, you or anyone else can jump in and just talk about the role of, like, you go to this film, you maybe sit in a dark room with folks for two hours, and you walk away with knowledge that you didn't have before. I think it's just like, um, oh, I just had a great thought about it, too, and I just lost it. Um. I just think that's like really important. Like you're 
like putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself at risk for like an uncomfortable situation where like you might be triggered or you might be encountering information that like you haven't like no idea about like I feel like I tend to go into a lot of documentaries having no idea what I'm about to encounter besides like what I can deduce from the name um and I feel like that that vulner like opening yourself up to that vulnerability and letting yourself learn things that might make you uncomfortable is like incredibly powerful and exciting. Anyone else feel free to hop in. Yeah, I would like to add that um, when a films when films are screened and the filmmakers themselves appear following the screening to discuss their filmmaking and their filmmaking experiences with the audience, then the audience immediately gets a new opportunity to to talk and discuss and converse with each other as well as through Q&A with the filmmakers. And that's a really great experience here at the library. And we're anticipating showing a film called Below Surface, which is a documentary on, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Gorman, underwater, an underwater aquafit class and how underwater exercise can be an antidote for stress and physical illness. And the Yale um, Aquafit team, is that their name, will be here at the film to discuss their experiences making the film and how, you know, underwater exercise can be beneficial. Is that right, Gorman? Um, that is correct. That is I correct. didn't even know that Yale had an Aquafit team. I mean, there are You're learning something and you didn't even things I don't know about Aquafit. at Yale. You're learning something and you didn't even see the film yet. Look at it. <laughs> Um, I don't I don't really know what Aquafit even is. So so there you go. I got to go to the screening, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um there, there, we have a lot like that. I mean like another great one, Modernism Incorporated, which is the one that's at Willoughby's is a, a wonderful documentary about a um well-known architect. Not only is the filmmaker there, but uh, the, pers the, the, the professor that specializes in this, in, in teaching about this guy from Yale will be there along with his son. So it's, you know, that, that's a great Q&A. You know, and, and, but even the ones where we don't have to, I, I'm watching, I mean, I'm a big jazz vocalist uh, fan. Uh, Billy Holiday to me is the greatest singer of all time. And a movie comes in called Sloan, A Jazz Singer by Carol Sloan, to which every single person I knew said, Oh, 60s jazz singer. And when you hear her, she has the tone of like Ella. Uh, I mean, just, and it is just a beautiful film about this woman's history and how she sort of just always fell under the radar. Um, I mean, that that's another one of our very, very high rated films. Um, Elephant Six Recording, which is playing a witch bitch. Um, Lucy, you're probably you're 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 probably of the right age to have been in college when um, Neutral Milk Hotels in the airplane under over the sea came out, and that still to this day is one of the best selling college albums of all time. Every year, it's in the top fifty. Uh, well, this is this is uh, a documentary about the group that from which they came. You know, Apples and Stereo, them, and uh, the Eels, a bunch of other bands, uh, and it's it's just a really interesting film about this small group of people that would go into a studio and whatever was there, hey, we have a saw and a piano with three keys. Let's make a song. And that's sort of what that grew out of. Yeah. 
And I would be remiss if uh, if before the end of the episode, I didn't mention. I'm So I'm very excited for a film on the 18th at 6.30 p.m. at Stetson, the Stetson Branch Library. Also, if you haven't been to the Stetson Branch Library, you're missing out. It's at 200 Dixwell Avenue. It is part of the Q. It is the anchor of the Q House. Uh, so if you've seen the Q House, you've definitely walked past the Stetson Branch. Um, it's called Locked Out, and it follows uh, the sort of the stories and the testimonies of multiple black women who are facing evictions, predatory lenders, and um, sort of like messed up banking systems. All banking systems are are messed up because capitalism is messed up, but that's a different episode. Um, but it is set in Detroit. And I love that also in the description of the film, there is the phrase modern day redlining. If you, you know, know anything about reporting you can't say the word redlining without people jumping on you and even saying that um you've done something libelous or slanderous so i'm really really excited for this film um it also takes place in the in the city where i grew up so there there truly is something for everyone i think gorman yeah you're nodding <laughs> yeah no i you know i mean and and you mentioned lighter stuff like one of my favorite yeah. there's a film that i I first saw at Big Sky the third time I was there, and it's called Age of Love, and it's about senior, over 75, speed dating. And it is funny, it's charming, and we are, I don't think that was, we did not have that yet when we sent out the press release. That's playing, we're doing two Sunday brunches at Best Video in Hamden at 10 a.m., and that's on Sunday the 15th at 10 a.m., so you get to come and have some good food and watch a fun movie. Uh, and then the second Sunday brunch is a repeat of a Karen Carpenter film, which is playing at Cafe Nine with a live performance, but that's almost sold out. So we're, we're, we're giving that a second screening because it's gonna need one, I think. So before we run out of time, I just want folks to know if they're listening to this and they think, oh my gosh, I've gotta get my butt to NH Docs. And yes, you do. How can they find the festival, follow it and make sure that the the events that they want to attend are on their radar. It's simple, nhdocs.org. And it'll bring you right to, you'll see a, the full film schedule. You'll see uh, a listing of everything we're, we're doing, all the panels, the workshops, uh, the live performances. It'll all be there. So I always ask folks this, um, you know, organizing a festival is not easy. And you're all doing it on top of full-time work. And so how are you also taking care of yourselves? Uh, I gave up sleeping many years ago. That's not self-care, Gorman. That's yes, the opposite no. of self-care. Yeah, I, I, I don't sleep. And usually, like, what time is it now? It's one forty-nine. I have been at the computer since 7 a.m. I have had coffee and water. I mean, coffee is great. Water is great. We're going to work on the food thing. Yeah. Okay? I, so I, I, it could, I could very well go till eight o'clock tonight before I eat food. We're going to work on the food thing and the sleep yes. thing. Yes. Okay. So, so people, people tell me I still live like I'm like, like a 20 year old bachelor sometimes, but I would you know. say that's correct. If I tried to do that, my body would die, uh, like yeah, actually physically anymore. quit. So, okay. So Gorman gave us a template of how not to practice self-care. <laughs> How do y'all practice self-care? And especially when you're you're doing this on top of your very busy lives. Trying to sleep more. Trying. I'm not knock on wood. My daughter's decided to sleep or like finally. So 
again, I don't say that out into the open air that much because, you know, she'll hear it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that goes a long way. <laughs> that goes a long way. Sleep and um, yeah, little, little, little bits of uh, calmness in, in the day, just little bits, you know, they, 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 you get a lot of mileage out of that as time goes by. Tom, how about you? It's always a juggling act, but you get better at it as you practice. Um, just just keep trying to work everything in and juggle everything you can. And Theo, I'm going to come to you. I feel like you're part of the self-care generation, which I'm really into. So, I um, actually have great difficulty sitting still for long periods of time. Um, so I feel like a lot of my... Like self-care recently has been like a lot of rollerblading, a lot of just like making art, a lot of just like trying to focus on things that take my brain out of that work environment so that like when I go back into it, it's not all I've been thinking about on like what little time we have like not in that area, like in that that space. Um, so a lot of just moving around in like good and healthy ways, I feel like has been helping me a lot. Amazing. I like that. And thank you for, for giving us something to believe in. Well, um, I did work out today, by the way. So that's, I'm not, it's not a hundred percent bad. I did work out and do yoga. So okay, mom, Water, mom. food, okay. sleep. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Time. I, I think you saw, <laughs> did I see a, like a pizza spatula behind you? There, there is a huge, someone gave me one with the pizza love story logo back Okay, there. so we're on, we're on the way to food. Well, yeah, except that I would like, never, I would never make pizza in my house. That's so like, I, it's like, you know, I'm a pizza snob. There's only, yeah, there's only three places to eat pizza. We, we don't, we don't need to go there. <laughs> we can quibble about that. That's a, that's another episode, but. Okay. Um, so, keeping with that like 20 something lifestyle of yours. Yes. Yes. Pizza, <laughs> coffee, you know, water. That's right. So. If you've been listening to this and you think, oh my goodness, I need to get to NH Talks. And if you're not thinking that already, I, I don't know why we haven't convinced you. You should absolutely make time in your schedule to attend at least one of these films, at least one of them. It's really easy, nhdocs.org. It will take you to a beautiful website that says, welcome to NH Docs 2023, so you know you're in the right place. You have a schedule. You have a film guide. You can buy a VIP pass. It's, it's all the good stuff. Gorman will hook you up via the interwebs and, you know, make, make time for this, make time to visit your New Haven Free Public Library, the New Haven Museum, which is doing some really cool stuff, uh, I will say, in addition, um, including there's a great little exhibition of profiles. It's a mother, like a mother-daughter show. Um, is the Dollhouse show still up? The Dollhouse is still on display, okay. yes. Um, yeah, and we've got a whole slate of new shows coming up in the next couple Great. months. So win winter's going to get real, real busy for us. Here yeah. In so, so go to the New Haven Museum opening night and, and then come back, wet your whistle, and then yep. go, go back many, many times. If you haven't been to Witch Bitch, you don't know what you're missing. It's just the whole space is great. The black box is great, but also... To be in a space that is um, gender affirming and size inclusive is really, really exciting in New Haven. Um, if 
if you're a big thrifter, you know that usually you need to have like a 24 inch waist or nothing fits you. And that's really frustrating for, I don't know, most humans. So um, do check it out. Do check out NH Docs. Thank you all so much for joining me on this gray and rainy day. Have a great afternoon and a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. And Nora, thank you so much. Nora Grace Flood has been filling in for station manager, Harry Droz. Nora, we appreciate you.